Hello and welcome. Connie Reagan Green here from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another call in the podcast series. Today I'm interviewing Adrian Dupree. Welcome, Adrian. Hi, Connie. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm so thrilled to have you on the call and I want to give people a little bit of history. I believe we met in person. We had known each other online a little bit, but in person I believe we met in Atlanta in the fall of 2010 at one of Armin Morin's events. Does that sound right? Yes, it does. Okay, and I was so impressed with you right away. You're so polite and professional and soft-spoken and smart and all those things that I wanted to be when I grew up, and I guess that may not ever happen. (laughs) And you were doing so many things with your offline, you know, being in the the world of business, in the corporate world, and I was so impressed by that because that wasn't my background. My background was in teaching and real estate, so I really was never in the corporate world, so to speak. So tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us about your education and how you got into the corporate world and what you were doing. Okay. Uh, Well, um, when I went to high school, I went to a science and technology high school, so at this particular high school, you had to take a test, and you know, so a lot of my classes, I took a lot of science and math in high school, um, and so I was a little, I felt a little burned out. So when I went to college, my first year, I actually, uh, my major was political science, and the thing is, that didn't really last. I, it, to me, it was very boring, and. Um, because I wasn't a math or science uh, teacher, I mean, a major, I was in a general math class, and so that didn't work too well, so they moved me to a a higher math class. And then eventually my teacher, he just gave me my own work. So I was in the class, but I had a different book and my own work. And then he was the one that, you know, encouraged me to, you know, to kind of go back to the math and science which I I was happy about because I really, I don't know what made me think that I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so I switched my major, and I was in a dual degree engineering program um, where it was a five-year program, and you get two degrees. And so I actually had to play catch-up because, you know, the first year, you know, I was a political science major. But anyway, when I I graduated, I I got a math bachelor's in electrical engineering and a bachelor's in math, and it was actually two schools, which was pretty interesting because I graduated like a month apart with uh, two degrees. So when I first graduated, that was interesting on my resume, and I got a lot of questions. Um, So then I went on to become, I started out as a software engineer, and I worked uh, on a government contract. I was a government contractor. And then about a year after I was in the corporate world, I decided to go back to school. So I went and got a master's in computer science, but I was going, you know, part-time because I was working. So, I, you know, I started my career um, actually writing software and then, you know, kind of moved up, was a, you know, a software lead um, and, you know, moved up the, the corporate ladder and ended up uh, being a program manager and so I was a program manager for a couple of different programs. I worked with a lot of government agencies, you know, from NASA to NOAA to FBI, you know, Department of Defense. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I did in my corporate life. Um, and then 
I always worked for really big companies, and back in November of 2012, I actually started working for a small uh, veteran-owned company, and I was really enjoying it. It was, you know, a lot of fun. You know, it was the people were really nice. It was more like a family atmosphere. But then a couple of years after working there, we got bought by a big company. So I was back to that whole, you know, big corporate uh, mentality and really wasn't enjoying it but was still doing it, you know, trying to do my online marketing on the side, which was very difficult. And then in October of uh, 2015, um, I actually was laid off. And I was, you know, a little afraid, you know, because I wasn't really prepared and I've always, you know, had a job. But I decided to, you know, to have faith, and so since then I've been working, you know, full-time as an online entrepreneur, and so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Excellent. So you have left the corporate world behind. Yes, I have. And, I'm, you know, I'm just so proud to know you and to have helped walk this path with you that, um, I, you know, I just don't even have words to say it because – you know, from my perspective, from what I was doing, it was scary. I had turned 50, and I resigned from teaching, and I gave up my real estate clients. But I see it as different because even though I was unemployable, that a school district in the United States really didn't want to hire me because of my age and because I'd had health problems, I could have gone back into real estate, and I could have you know, found another job to replace that income. And with you, it was different because being in the corporate world, then they don't really understand a lapse in employment time. Yes, that's that's correct because, you know, I as a manager I've interviewed lots of people and you're right, it's like a big red flag when all of a sudden you just see this gap. Um <laughs> Yeah, because right. what what happened to them? You know, there's there's really not not a logical answer many times. And if they say they left to start a business, that might be the worst thing in the world. Right. If someone says, oh, I was laid off and, you know, I was trying to find a job, that's definitely more acceptable than to say, oh, I was laid off and I decided I'm just going to, you know, do my own thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that, that can be scary. All right, so tell us what it is that you're doing, because I know you have pursued different things, and, and your main site is at leavetheCorporateWorldBehind.com. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I would say I probably have basically two businesses. Um, like you said, my site is Leave the Corporate World Behind. And the whole reason for starting that um, company was to, you know, teach other people in corporate America, you know, who want to get out of the rat race, you know, and stop tra tra trading time for dollars, that there is an alternative because I think a lot of times what happens is, you know, of course, the more money you make, and, you know, this happens to a lot of people. It's not necessarily what should happen, but, you you know, you incur, you incur bills to keep up with your your actual salary. So at some point, you know, you feel like you're trapped and that you can't get out, that you can't necessarily go get a job with something that you love because you now, you know, feel like you have all of these financial obligations that you have to meet. And, you know, so it, it's really – it really can be kind of sad because, you you know, you may be hating your job, but you just don't see any way to get out of it. And I really want to show people, you know, especially people in corporate America because, you know, I can relate to them, 
that you really can do other things to earn an income and, you know, you can control your own destiny and you can actually leave the corporate world behind. And then uh, I guess about a year and a half ago, I started an Amazon business, so I'm selling, you know, physical products on Amazon. And so that, again, is another way that you can actually, you know, sustain yourself without having to, you know, stay in the corporate world. And I think that's so important. I'd like to talk about that for a few minutes, the idea that at some point in our life, we feel that we don't have options to do other things. And I know from, you know, my life now, I'm around people of a variety of ages, because especially because of the volunteer work that I do. And it's funny when they'll, because I'm 60 now, and they'll say, oh, you know, you're just a kid. You can do anything. You're just a kid. And I kind of laugh at that because it reminds me that age is relative to who we're talking to and where we are and what we want to do, and that the truth is we can do most anything at most any age. We just have to believe that we can. Because now when people say to me, you know, oh, well, I would like to do that, but it's too late, you know, I'm I'm too old, then I'll say, but only if you know you're going to die in the next year, and none of us know (laughs) unless we are terminally (laughs) ill or something, but, you know, it's like, you know, what if at, at 60, what if I live another 35 to 40 years? Then that means that I'm just barely over the halfway mark in my life. And I think that all of us, we need to give ourselves credit for being around for a long, long time to come and reaching out to our dreams. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you're younger, you know, you think a lot about your dreams and things that you want to do, or even as a as a child, um, and I think then when you get older and you you know you have life responsibilities, you kind of put that on the back burner. Um, but then when you start thinking about it, you know, it's okay to you know have a job to make money. But at some point, you're like, is this really what I want to do? Am I happy? I mean, I you don't want to live your whole life you know being unhappy. So sometimes you have to take some risks. And, you know, do something that makes you happy. If it doesn't work out, okay, you can always go back, you know, and get another job. But at least you can say that I tried instead of, you know, living your whole life and never trying to do anything that you really dreamed that you wanted to do. Yes, yes, we want we want no regrets in our in our life. All right, well, now tell us more about the Amazon business because you've been very successful with this and your success just continues to grow. And... First, let's talk about the difference between private label, so that's a product where we source it from somewhere and give it our name, and you have you have done this, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the, the opposite of that is the retail arbitrage, where we're purchasing things at either, either wholesale or retail prices and then reselling them on Amazon and other sites. And it's really the retail that you've done the most with and you're finding the most success with right now. Is that right? Well, yeah, I would say so with the, re, the you know, there's the retail arbitrage where you actually go to the stores, and I do do that. And, you know, I enjoy going to the store. I think it's it's like a game to find products. But then there are a lot of people that really dread stores. Like, I don't think you, Connie, like, really like going to the stores. No, I, I was a shopper in years past, and I, I don't know what happened. I, I don't like to shop anymore. 
And then you can also do online where a lot of the, you know, a lot of the brick-and-mortar stores have an online version, so you can, you know, purchase products there. So, yeah, I, I concentrated a lot on, I would say, on those two um, previously. Now I'm, I'm doing a little bit more wholesale. Um, I've attended some um, gift shows, and so I'm actually starting to order products um, wholesale. And so I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, I still want to do the retail, but I want to move more toward the online and the wholesale and also uh, get more back into the private label. So, I mean, the, the good thing about Amazon is there's lots of different, you know, ways that you can run that business. So it can really suit your, you know, what you uh, prefer. And, yeah, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've, I have had, you know, some great success with it, and um, I've, I'm just looking forward to, you know, this year because I'm, you know, what I'm doing now is I'm looking at, you know, what I made for a particular time, let's say, like for February um, in, in 2015, and my goal this year is to, you know, make sure that I'm making more from last year and also from the previous month. So I'm, you know, really trying to, you know, up my inventory and, and make better decisions, you know, with the inventory that I do buy. All right, well, let's let's go back and talk about the gift shows because this is something that I really don't know anything about. And I remember when you went to the first one and uh, the problem that time was that you were still working and it was really kind of an exhausting process for you to be able to go to the show and source the inventory and do and looking back I I really can't even see how you did what you did with the with the craziness of it but but tell us you know pretty much um what does it mean like when you go to the gift show how how would you know what to buy at the gift show Okay so I mean I the, the gift show I went to is called the Philadelphia Gift Show so that's you know a fairly small one mm-hmm. um I would say that in the beginning to go to one that's not really big and also probably go to one that you can actually drive to, you know, just to get your feet wet. And so this particular one, you know, they gave us the first time when I went in July of um, 2015, they actually gave us, they mailed a brochure and it had all the vendors in it so you can kind of look, and some of them had the website. But it's really small enough that you can go and look at all the vendors, you know, in one day. So it's not like ASD, which is in Vegas, which is thousands of vendors. And right, cause that, so, yeah, because that show took us days days to go through and still didn't see right. everything. Yeah, with this one you can just go and you can look around. And so when I went back in, in January, because it was my second time, you know, I I kind of looked the first day, except some of the vendors were vendors that I had bought stuff from the first time, and so I went back and bought stuff from them. But then I, you know, gathered the brochures. You ask ask them if they have a um, electronic brochure, and some of them do, and some of them don't. And then you know, I go back to my room and you know, look at the products that they have. You know, check things to see if they're profitable on you know Amazon because. You know, of course, a lot of times they'll say, oh, yeah, this is great, but you need to make sure if you can make money with it on Amazon. The other thing is, you know, some of the vendors, they don't want people that sell online. And actually, I had one where I actually placed an order, 
Um, and then, like, a couple of weeks ago, they sent me this form to fill out to say that I don't won't sell online. And so, of course, I email them back and say, you know, I, I sell exclusively online. So they're like, okay, we're going to cancel your order. So it's better, you know, to be up front and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm selling on Amazon. Is that okay? And for most of them, they don't have a problem. And so, you know, I went back, did my research, and, you know, went back to the show. The good thing about the show is a lot of times they have, you know, specials where if you order right there, it's free shipping or they their minimum order, I mean, some of them were as, as low as $100, some of them 250 So even if you're starting out, you know, you can you can actually order wholesale. And then this one company, they were running this uh, this crazy special where if you order at least $1,000 worth of product, you don't pay for it until um, December. So, okay, I mean, all right, but now, but, but take us back, uh, uh, Steph, I'm sorry to, to jump in here, but take okay. us back. So. So the first day, you're just going and kind of taking a look at everything, and then you said then you want to see if it's selling for Amazon. So can you give it, like at the gift show, what might they have? Like just give us an example of a product. Okay, so at the Philadelphia gift show, let's say in January, I mean there's clothing, there's toys, there's um, food, so there may be um, tea, coffee, you know, other kind of snacks. And then it was actually part of the candy show was there as well. So then you have all different kinds of candy, different candy vendors. Uh, there's furniture. Um, okay, but give us an example of a product then that we would look at and then we'd look it up on Amazon. Okay, so for instance, um, there there's toys there. and So a lot of my, I would say probably at least 50% of my uh, inventory um, is toys, so I would you know look to see what toys they have, and then look to see if they're on Amazon. Now, in some cases, they weren't on Amazon, and I just took a chance, but I had to create my own listing, and you know, and do some advertising. But a lot of times, things are on Amazon, and so you you would go and use the you know the profit uh, calculator to make sure, you know, that you can actually make a profit based on what you're going to have to sell it for and what the fees would be on Amazon. Okay. And All right. So then and also you're looking at the weight of the item, that type of thing? Make yeah, sure I, I typically, yeah, I don't get anything really heavy. Um, I did during uh, Q4, but not from the gift shows. But, yeah, you know, small things is, is typically what I'm getting there. Okay. All right. So then... At some point, the things arrive at your house, and that might be in the next 10 days or something after you order? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so then they come to my house, and now, I mean, this is one of the things that I'm thinking about in the future, or let's just talk about what happened this time. So they came to my house. The good thing about when you buy stuff wholesale, there's no price stickers that you have to peel off or anything like that. You know, basically all you have to do is, you know, print out your your labels, your Amazon labels, put them back in the box that they came in and ship them out. So that's a good thing. Now, one of the things I'm thinking about in the future is to actually use a, a, prep, um, a prep shop where the things would actually be shipped to the prep shop instead of to me, and then they – I create the listings – but they do the label and the packaging and send it off to Amazon. Okay, okay. 
And then you've built relationships now with with some of these vendors so that then in the future you'll be able to uh, order from them without even being at the show because you know them already? Yes, yes because actually um, I've, some of the stuff that I ordered at the show um, sold out already, so I'm having to order some more. Okay, well, that's exciting. That's so, so yeah. exciting because I think what's important with this business is that you, excuse me, you learned how to do things, but then you're, you have your own twist on it. You're doing things yeah. in a way that are, that's working for you just within the parameters of, of how you want to do business. Yeah, and I think what I'm trying to concentrate on now is to streamline and, you know, create some processes. So, like, for instance, um, um, I used to, you know, have to, when you list your items, you have to, you know, print out the labels, and there are like 30 of the labels, and then you have to go back and, you know, put them on the product. So then you're, you know, that I've now purchased a, a Dymo printer. So as you list, you print the labels. So as soon as you, you know, create the listing, um, you put the you print out the labels. So you put the labels on right away. So that cuts down a step. And then now I'm using going to be using Inventory Lab. And with Inventory Lab, you can actually, as you're listing the product, if you're doing it in the live version, it'll actually tell you which warehouse it's going to. So that means when I create the listing. I'll print the label, and then I can already put it in the box because I know which uh, warehouse it's going to. So I'm just trying to figure out ways um, to streamline my process and, you know, make it more efficient. Okay. All right. So, you know, I, I, I'm so proud of your success. You've done this really 100% on, on your own. Um, you know, I was I was somewhere in the background over, over these years, but uh, I take 1% credit, perhaps. No, I disagree. <laughs> Well, that's very kind, very kind of you, very kind of you. But, um, you know, for the person who's listening to this podcast right now and they would like to jump into this, what are some of the things that they want to think about? What, what kind of personality traits, what kind of habits, what do they need to succeed? Because that seems to be the key with all of this. So what type of person is able to jump into doing what you're doing or doing what somebody else, like what I'm doing online? What do you think that person, what is their profile? What's their avatar? Yeah, so I think it has to be a person that's uh, self-motivated um, because you don't no longer have a boss. I mean, you're your own boss. So if you're the type of person that you're waiting around for somebody to tell you what to do, um, then I don't think you'll be very successful uh, also, I think you have to be a person um, that doesn't mind working by themselves. I mean, prior to me leaving the corporate world for the, la the last three years of my career, I was actually working from home. And so, you you know, you have to have that self-discipline. You know, you're at home, but you're working. So that means, you know, turn the TV off. You know, this is your work time. You're not doing chores in your house or anything like that. I mean, you have to treat it like a job. And, I mean, I think if you're the kind of person, you know, that likes to learn new things and, you know, that that's the kind of personality. But I would say the, the main thing is you have to be a self-motivator. Okay, good, good. Because I, I feel the same way, and you and I really have never had this conversation directly, but I feel the same way, but it seems that people don't, they don't believe me for some reason. <laughs> so I'm hoping that you will listen to what Adrian is saying and know that 
kind of across the board, you know, all of us that are successful as entrepreneurs, we really do believe the same thing, all the things that Adrian was saying and more. So it can be done, and Adrian's an excellent, excellent role model and example of someone who has left the corporate world behind and is now doing things in a very different way. I thought it was really fun uh, not long ago where it was it was a weekday. I think it was a Friday around noon or something, and you were at a basketball game because you yes. own women's basketball. And at the time, you didn't even think much of it. And I said, what, it's the middle of the day you're at a basketball game? And it's because the new lifestyle really affords that type of behavior where we do pick and choose when we're working, and you're able to do that. Yes, and, and I just want to thank, publicly thank you, Connie, because um, you are the reason that, you know, I am being successful. I mean, you have been my biggest cheerleader. You had a lot more confidence in me than I had in the beginning, and I just want to thank you for that. You're welcome so much. I saw great potential in you, and I knew it was just a matter of uh, the time and the, the pieces coming together, and you'd be able to do anything that you wanted to do, so that's that's great. Well, you uh, also have some courses. You have other things. And I want people to go over to connieloves.me forward slash Adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, and take a look at what she has there because Adrian is much more than what she might appear in this short podcast. She has a whole lot of abilities and skills that she shares with people in products and courses and if you're interested in Amazon, then you definitely want to go to leave the corporate world behind. That's just one of the things that she shares there. So you want to get on her list and uh, get connected with her because Adrian is someone that you not only want to know, but you need to know. Very, very important. So do you have any other uh, parting words for people that want to get started doing something online to uh, help them feel more motivated? Yeah, I would say just get started. Um, in the beginning, I stopped and started and stopped and started a lot and, you know, wasted some time. And, you know, just even if you have a, a job, you can get started. I mean, my job was pretty hectic. I worked a lot of hours, you know, I worked 60 hours a week a lot of times. But what I tried to do is on the weekends to, you know, commit time to work on my business and then also a couple of hours at night. So, you know, it can be done. It's, I'm not going to say it's easy, um, but it, it definitely can be done. And just, you know, really think about what you want your life to be, you know, what your purpose is. And if you really feel like, you know, what you're doing now is not what you should be doing, then, you know, do something about it and make your dreams come true. Wonderful. That's that's a beautiful way to, to word it, and I know that message will be heard loud and clear. All right, so thank you so much, Adrian, for being a guest. Thank you so much, Connie. All right, this is Connie Reagan-Green from Huge Profits, tinylist.com, with another call in the podcast series. Be sure to subscribe. You get a free subscription to the podcast series. That way you'll hear all of the interviews and get connected further with me and with each of my guests. All right, take care, everyone, and bye-bye, Adrian. Bye.